Hey everyone, this is Connor. Before we get started, I just want to encourage you to check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. If you become a patron, you'll get access to multiple exclusive episodes every month. And you can also join our patrons-only Discord chat, where Pete and I talk informally with the Podside Picnic community. So if you like the show, go ahead and check us out at patreon.com slash podsidepicnic. Thanks. Welcome back to Podsite, everyone. This is, of course, Carlo. And today, uh, I'm. I, we only have three players in this game. Sadly, I am joined by Pete and by Kurt, but no Chris. We need that fourth player, guys. We gotta help. We gotta figure this out. <laughs> um, we'll be discussing the uh, 1982 um, made-for-TV movie. Uh, 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 Mazes and Monsters, uh, adapted from Rana or maybe Rona Jaffe's uh, book of the same name, uh, published in 1981. Um, Gents, hello. How are you doing today? Uh, Okay, but like we need to get another level nine player, guys. I have been (laughs) on a fantastic quest, my friends. Um, uh, I am trying to keep myself pure so that, uh, that can opening was only <laughs> seltzer water, yes. not even a soft drink. I'm also drinking seltzer tonight, but it's so yes. And, and likewise, it's to keep my mind pure for, I may only resort to potions and elixirs, uh, should my, should my logic and spells fail me. Sitting um, in front of me is a cup of coffee and a, a sixer. And uh, I was going to decide what I was doing when I heard what you were doing. And now I know. (laughs) Uh, 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 Pete, um, just uh, ixnay on the Eltzer say, on my end at least. So don't feel pressured. Uh, Fair enough. I had had to resort to the, um, to the, to the, to the, the dark speech that my deity does not understand. Ah. To maintain my, my status as a holy man and pure um anyway uh yeah so uh given that we watched the um the sort of satire slash parody uh dark dungeon uh, dark dungeons i should say uh i figured that it was uh, probably time to watch this other movie that came out at the time <laughs> and is not uh, as far as i can tell a parody yet no. Yet it is no, very funny at times. I, it's very funny, and not the least of which because I, I, so I didn't, I didn't expect us to watch this, but also I didn't realize that, uh, this if if you've listened to the Dark Dungeons episode, I go on a like a protracted tirade about about some of the history of of uh the D and D panic in the U S. And one of the things that I mentioned was was the connection between this movie and um and uh uh I forget the 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 man's death but but basically the the actual incident on which this is kind of based and I say the actual uh, incident it's more based on like the the weird tabloid 
a fake reporting yeah. that came out of it. Um, are you are you talking about the disappearance of uh, was it Dallas Egbert the third? That's There's it. a yes. name for you. Thank yeah. you. Yes. Um, uh, and uh, yes. Hi- yes. Exactly. And I didn't realize that this is literally like a like a PSA, like very special episode type movie. I thought that this was like literally <laughs> like like I thought it was based on that, but this was going to be them getting like sucked into the board game. I didn't realize it was literally just like. <laughs> what if Tom Hanks gets too into the game? Yeah. I mean, it would have been cool if it were it had more of a Jumanji vibe. I'll agree with that. That's what I was expecting. Yeah. I was expecting it to be like a little bit of one and a little bit of the other. Um, um, excuse me, sir. Did you not notice the Goreville? Uh, yes. attacks him twice. <laughs> I mean, uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, you can talk about the Goreville. The really scary thing, at least if you're, uh, you know, early 20th century uh, weird ho- weird horror writer H.P. Lovecraft was the Italians that, that, he, <laughs> that he hallucinated the Goreville to be. <laughs> well, that that's exactly like this is uh, that sec- that's uh, that section of the movie is just basically horror at Red Hook. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah. That's, that's what yeah. the, that's what uh, H.P. Uh, would see out on the streets like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was referring to the Goreville as Wilson by the separate second appearance. <laughs> Yo, this is a bad movie. Though. <laughs> I, uh, I think he, we need to be clear about that up front. <laughs> oh, yes, yes. Yeah. Is, I don't have any horrible. high-minded like, oh, well, actually, there's untold depth uh, shtick to do for this one. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Not at all. Uh, so, also, also, uh, oh, go ahead. Go ahead, Pete. Oh, I, I've, I, I have a request that we, we do a whip round at some point about what we hated the most. Like what was the thing? Oh, I I have a couple of candidates there, but um, but yeah. So uh, basically, the the uh, the plot of this is that uh, a very young Tom Hanks is cast as Robbie Wheeling, who's being driven to his. Uh, I guess he's going to college. And, uh, you know, <laughs> these godless places full of preppies and guys that wear too many hats. Um, yes. And, uh, and uh, apparently pick up games of mazes and monsters. Yeah. Uh, which is, which is treated like it's, uh, like, I, I don't understand, uh, exactly why people are, um, so fixated on D and D and don't even bother to even learn the slightest amount about the game. Um, at the very least there, I think that there was another, uh, novel that, um, sort of, uh, capitalized on this same idea, uh, called, uh, I believe it's called hobgoblin, uh, written by, I think it's Robert Coyne. Hmm. Uh, John Coyne, I'm sorry, John Coyne. Uh, and that at least he, he, he studied a little bit about the game to sort of, uh, make it quote realistic, which, um, based on the synopsis I read also went out the fucking window. (laughs) So, so anyway, the, uh, so they, they, they start playing and there's some hint that, uh, Robbie, um, has had like his brother ran away and he's disappeared. He's never come back. Uh, he has like uh, some sort of issues. And I mean, he's the one that has the deepest ones, but every one of the other players is presented as having like some sort of problem at home, uh, some sort of flaw in their personality or some sort of problem at home that then forces them to the game. 
Um, and uh, by far the uh, funniest is uh, I forget his char- I, I forget his name, but I believe his character's name is Freelick. Uh, the the kind of like the the, oh, the kind of like handsome blonde Chad. No, no, no. Oh, oh, no, no. Yeah, you're you're right. You're right. Um, I forget his name, but yeah, he's he's like a handsome blonde Chad with like a big chin, and he basically says like <laughs> somebody started a, a a rumor that I'm the greatest person ever at making out. So all the ladies think I'm going to be a sex wizard and none of them wants a real relationship. They just want to have sex. And so I'm lonely because <laughs> I can't have a girlfriend. <laughs> like, I've never heard of somebody uh, forced into D&D for having too much meaningless sex. But hey, man, you know what? I, You you do you, but brother. <laughs> <laughs> you've been you've been given a horny jail felony and now you can get a job son <laughs> i i mean dnd is certainly a uh uh might might help cure that problem <laughs> <laughs> okay it looks like they never give his name it's david wilsaki as daniel like he doesn't even rate a last daniel name. yeah da- david wasaki david i have it as david wallace i believe uh, uh yeah, he he's he has gone by both names. Oh, interesting. interesting. Anti-Polish right. discrimination. Presumably Uh-oh. after this movie he changed it. <laughs> so 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 JJ's flaw is is that so he's he's young. He's like 16 and he's a sophomore in college and he's struggling with that and his 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 parents like don't really take him seriously or his his mom is like rich and doesn't really take him seriously and and he just seems kind of like overwhelmed. What's the? Uh, I totally forget. Um, uh, Glacius. <laughs> I know their D and D names, but I don't remember. That's incredible, Kate. dude. Kate, what what was her thing? Because I totally missed that. Uh, uh, father left, uh, and she, oh, and as right. a result, she also has a bunch of failed relationships. <laughs> so. That's right. And then, of course, she has a boyfriend who, who is too holy to have sex with her. <laughs> well, only after they've had lots of sex, apparently. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, so I sort of hinted at this in the Discord. But my take on this is that every one of these characters is the shaving dude from uh, 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 Predator. You know that guy who dry shaves all the time and that's his entire personality? Yes. Mm, yes. <laughs> Every single one of these characters is a dry shaver. Like JJ of the different hat in every goddamn scene. So so I did want to point out that um weirdly this movie has a setup that seems very similar to the beginning of another movie that is not precisely uh, I would not call it a precisely an SFF, you know, like science fiction or fantasy movie, uh, but it is a, a nerd movie, which is real genius because JJ mm. is the is the super young guy that's going to college for the first time. And then they do have uh, what is it? Um, is it, It's not Wilson. It's uh, shit. I forgot his name. Anyway. Uh it's not Leonard. Anyway, it does L- Laszlo. Laszlo, who oh, lives the guy in who the lives like tunnels. down in the tunnels. Yeah, and he's like the super duper genius. Yeah. Um, and it's weird because you can sort of see how they might have picked uh that this same idea and just transplanted it and made it something ah, else. Ah, well that's so Carlo, that's actually something that probably originated in the ori- in the 
the news story from which this was loosely ripped because mm-hmm. um I, I forget his name again s- s- something something Egbert um <laughs> he was uh a college prodigy or mm-hmm. like, yep. like a child prodigy and he was going to college at like the age of like 15 or 16 um as a sophomore mm-hmm. so that that may have come from from that that might be the one accurate part of what actually happened well um, you know that made it into the film they they pitch if, if you want to call it the pitch uh they pitch mazes and monsters as a form of therapy like people are sort of psychoactively interacting with their own issues as they go through this and one of them okay he completely loses his shit right but it seems to cure the other three, and like for therapy, those are not bad odds. Yeah, <laughs> significantly less expensive too. I mean, now granted, you know, between the monster manual, the player handbook, and everything, you know, you can get a little bit pricey. But we're not talking therapy pricey, right? Uh, yeah, dudes will literally uh, go into the steam tunnels <laughs> rather than go into therapy. Um, so, what? One of the things that struck me about this film. Um, what was that on the one hand so i i agree that clearly it's not like they don't know much about D, but there is a bit about it that does kind of capture a little bit of of that like classic D feel like when when they depict the beginning of their game before they go down into the tunnels and start doing like a whole bunch of bullshit that uh, jj comes up with before they get to that and they're all just kind of like seated around a table in a darkened room, and and JJ is kind of reading don't, off don't, like the, don't forget all the soft lighting and all the, the soft candlelight. lighting and the candles, lots of fire hazards. Um, <laughs> it's it's a reasonable setup for 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 a D and D game. Honestly, seemed like yeah. a pretty good campaign. I was kind of like, yeah, okay, this is this seems reasonable, and it's it's funny comparing it to uh, uh, Dark Dungeon um, because. Uh, like, like that really, of course, you know, is a parody. So it's playing into the, 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 the kind of like accentuated view of D and D from the Jack chick tracts. Whereas this is a little bit closer to reality because, you know, it's, it, it, it's not doing the joke about like, Oh, what, what if, what if the D and D kids were like, you know, the cool bad kids on, on uh, on campus in other and every other respect though that is i i must say that is a significantly better movie than this one <laughs> well i will say that that uh jj hat boy had wildly successful parties out of proportion to his coolness true i mean everybody everybody wants to everybody wants to get in the party you know <laughs> yeah yeah i just don't know why they're getting into his like well, true. I mean, let's let's not forget that even after he becomes even more uh, holy, uh, you know, Robbie goes to the party just to sit there in a the corner <laughs> and be holy. I guess. I guess he's he's busy uh, tempering his will against all the temptations around him, or something. Who knows? I I keep thinking about what this would be like as resume fodder for these other actors. Like you know they they go for a reading and people are like, oh my god, you you co-starred with Tom Hanks? Oh, and mazes and monsters. <laughs> let's 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 talk about Mr. Hanks by the way, because there, there's there's a couple lines in the movie where you can see like, oh, this is this guy might be you know th- this guy has a presence, but a lot of the movie, um, he's really bad. 
a lot of the movie. There's a couple. There's a couple lines where he manages to wring a like a bit of pathos out of you know some some clunkers, but by and large, it's it's pretty. It's it's not just like it's it's almost worse for him having some capability as an actor, even at this early stage in his career. Like because the other the other actors kind of just fade into the background and are just kind of like forgettable TV actor performances. Um, but he he has a bit of presence to him, and and so like the the cam he he feel he he commands your attention more when he's on screen, so you notice how bad it is when he's on the screen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's definitely true. Uh, so yeah, so um, so we 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 then follow like yeah the the soft lighting we get some of the. Uh, uh, like about maybe what 10 minutes total of them sort of like interacting and, mm-hmm. and planning games and yada 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 before um jj's character or, or jj goes to uh to what is it he they there's they're having trouble scheduling because by that point robbie and kate have started going out together and seeing a lot of each other, but then not going to the games. And then that really sort of no one can play because uh, the two players uh, have gone, you know, have, haven't have been able, been able to, to schedule anything. Right. And so uh, JJ decides that he's going to try to uh, reschedule, uh, finds out that, no, it's not going to happen. And he's like, well, that's it. I'm going to kill myself. I'm going to do it in the caves. And you're like, what? Huh? How? Yeah, it, as it's, you do, it's man. almost like a, it's almost like a switch flips in them. He's like, I can't get, I can't play anymore. So I guess I'm going to go kill myself now. I mean, the guy who, uh, wasn't it like one of the guys who created, um, I think it was the cryptocurrency Ethereum did so because he got mad that uh world of warcraft nerfed oh, yeah, yeah. shadow priests so you know people do <laughs> drastic shit when they're when I their role playing games fall apart i do agree but i mean to a certain extent it, it's it sort of comes out of nowhere like you don't get the feeling yes. like you get the feeling that if anyone's going to try to kill themselves it's tom hanks character because he's the one that they sort of concentrate on him having sort of the 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 more Mm-hmm. Uh, the the heavier dark part uh, background, you know, type of thing. Uh, you know, like JJ's thing is well, I'm wacky and I wear different hats, including a Kaiser hat with a big pointy thing on it. A stupid cop, I believe it's called. Is that what it's called? I, I yes. Yeah. In any case, he's the one that uh, you know goes home and his mom's uh you know, sort of like uh redecorated his room yet again and this time it's uh, all white tiled it looks like he's been committed <laughs> it looks like he got committed to um to the room at the end of 2001 a space odyssey well if it had a, a nice opulent four poster bed yes uh, here <laughs> it's like a baby. weird yeah yeah that <laughs> and a monolith <laughs> <laughs> the monolith clashes with the rest of the white JJ, room. I'm don't sorry. You like the monolith, mom. I can't believe you bought a monolith. <laughs> I keep on having ideas. <laughs> My brain is a light. <laughs> I feel like I'm evolving at light speed. He's the one character I think that potentially has worse problems than Tom Hanks' character. But like once once Tom goes to La La Land, 
they just sort of like brush that aside. Yeah. And he seems like he he turns out, and as you mentioned, it does kind of, uh, it does, everyone else turns out pretty well, <laughs> including him, where it's like, oh, he's, he's, I think, I think his fate, well, we'll get to that later, but, uh, but yeah, um, yeah, I, it's, the movie takes a while to get started, uh, I, I have to say, I was, I was expecting the man under the pointy German helmet to be Tom Hanks when he walks on. I was like, okay, this is the main <laughs> character. And instead it's, it's like, you know, the C character. Uh, although, I mean, he is, he is the, I think it's the maze controller is what they call the dungeon master. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Dungeon master is not that good of a name. I feel like you could come up with a name that evokes dungeon master and isn't, isn't maze controller. <laughs> yeah, like maze, maze mentor, controller for sounds sake. sounds yes. like you're sounds sounds like you're 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 the the head guy at like where where mice you know navigate uh, yes. to find their cheese or something. He's like, I'm the maze controller. Uh, <laughs> <sighs> yeah, you, you're you're absolutely right, Kurt. It it feels too uh, technological to be mm-hmm. like related to D anD D. You know, maze and so controller. I'd, I'd like to speak to the audience for a second, like. This is like we always riff on the movie, but on this one, you can see that we're just sort of wandering around the edges, chewing. There's nothing in the middle of this. No, goddamn yeah, movie. no, there's there's nothing here. There's there's, there's, there's very not little even, here. Yeah, no, not even nougat, which I hate. Yeah, <laughs> this is like this is like you took. Also, it's fucking long. It's it's almost two hours long. It's mm-hmm. like, I think it's yep. like an hour forty five. Hour forty seven minutes. I believe. Um, it is. man, it feels long it's like Mm -hmm. like this would make decent fodder for the sort of like uh like wonder years or fresh prince of bail of uh, bel-air very special episode that would wind up in a bunch of cracked lists right it's a half hour episode at best exactly yeah and it's like no we're gonna make this two hours long with which it goes places too, and it still looks and seems like shit. Like they did, <laughs> they did a location shot on the top of the World Trade Center. That's not a set. Okay. That's the actual top of the World can, Trade can Center. We, hold on, let's and talk about that because I've like I've been to New York a number of times, and I can assure you there is no World Trade Center there. They made up a building. They made up two buildings, my friend. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, well, I mean, it, 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 little, little did we know that this was going to be uh, "Remember Me," the RPG. Yeah. <laughs> um, I have to say, though, you know, I'm sure that we'll talk more about that part of the movie. But, but I, I mean, my, I've probably mentioned this on the podcast before. My father worked in the World Trade Center for a number of years. Not, not. Luckily, you know, in 2001, he had uh, his job had transferred somewhere else. Um, and he actually worked on the top floor for a while. And so it, I, I very clearly remember like the lobby and the entryway and the elevators. And and he was in the number one building, which is the one without the observation um, deck that just had like the radio mass. So it, it's, it's the one in the background. Um, but it was very strange seeing it depicted because surprisingly few films uh, did location shoots there for whatever reason? Like, like it, it, it pops up, but I definitely got hit with like a weird wave of like nostalgia of like, oh shit, I remember like walking through that weird part of the building with like the the, the vaulted windows and stuff. Just a very strange. And again, it's a beautiful building, or it was a beautiful building, and they make it look like shit. 
Did um, uh, by, by chance, Kurt? Did CBS have offices on, on one of the uh, twin towers? Uh, they did. So my my dad worked for CBS um, for most of his career, and he was in the broadcast control um, and uh, for CBS, which was in the top floor. Of that might be that might be the connection. The, yeah, uh, because oh. this was this was made for CBS. Oh, that makes sense. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so that, it's also, that may be uh, it. yeah, I, it, I'll, I'll point out because, um, extraneous to the movie itself, uh, I, I was mentioning this offline and, and I think it, it, it's important to mention that this came out in June, I'm sorry, in, I'm sorry, December 28th, 1982. It came out on my birthday. Ugh. Um, nice. happy birthday, Carlo. Congratulations. Yay, they Here's gave me gifts. a shitty movie. <laughs> for my like uh what was it my 12th birthday or something <laughs> anyway uh so the the um the the other thing that i did want to point out is um i think we'd mentioned her on the uh dark dungeons episode but patricia pulling who founded uh bothered about D- dungeons and dragons it's weird because her she formed that organization because her son Irving committed suicide uh, by shooting himself in the chest. Uh, but this was in June of the same year. So it's like, it's weird that it, it, it almost feels like this may have inspired that. And it's the other, it, I, I don't notice the other way around, but definitely they're not related in that way. Um, oh, you reminded me of something. I, I thought you were about to talk about something else. Um, hmm. And it, it made me remember something that I was struck by in this film, in this film, which is that it, it has an original song in it. Did you catch that? They played a bunch of the, times. Uh, yeah. The, the, the spoken or the, the lyrics friends in this world by Judith Lander. <laughs> yes. It's a very, uh, it's that oh kind God. of like, I, I don't know how to describe it. It's that like 1982, like pop, it's not quite like pop folk, but it's like it's like 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 pop orchestral, wist like wistful early eighties. I don't know it 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 makes me think of like Superman two, or mm, yep, yep. um or like Flight of Dragons or something. <laughs> oh shit! What is the what was the the you're reminding me of because it sounds like the type of uh song that you'd hear some guest uh musician on Sesame Street back in you know like yes. the early 80s yeah. come on and sing that for Oscar or something when he's mad uh it, <laughs> it it truly does sound that sort of uh hokey and weirdly saccharine yeah <laughs> god it's so funny if you've yeah, ever heard the right. the uh the 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 action news theme uh, the the original one. It also kind of sounds like that. Not the exciting part, <laughs> the refrain where it's like, "Take a look at your world." Oh, <laughs> oh no! <laughs> With like no. sad, <laughs> sl- sad kind of slow guitar music. Very very strange. Very 1982. Uh, this has yeah. great 1982 vibes. I will I will give it that. Well, and you know they picked the perfect director for it. The the famed Stephen Hilliard Stern who is most famous for this movie. And if I had to pick the second one, he did still the beaver in 1983, the reunion of the leave it to beaver. Cast. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> well, that, that would, uh, that would, that would definitely seem to fit. Yes. Um, so, um, uh, 
one of the things, so uh, one of the things that happens is that uh, after they've sort of gone into, oh, oh, I forgot to mention that um, JJ uh, goes to try to uh, re- reconnecting back with my former thread uh, regarding JJ going like, well, I guess I'm going to kill myself. And he's like, I'm going to do it in the caves. And he goes into the caves and finds that, hey, wait a minute. This is really cool and spooky in here. And he goes back and their next gaming session, basically, uh, it seems to me that he uh, on per- like willingly kills off his own character so that he can restart a new game. So he can then use that as a, a, a as a pretext to uh, lobby for a new game to start. You know, re, you know, we'll roll new characters and we'll do it in the caves. Yes, and uh, that's what sparks um, Robbie slash Tom Hanks going. You know, going a little uh, going a little out of his mind because it's there that he sees he sees the Gorville try to attack him. Uh, no one else sees the Gorville. Only Robbie sees the Gorville. He got he got mind freaked by uh, a a plastic skeleton. Um, gave him a psychotic break. It's <laughs> basically what happens because JJ goes down and sets up like some some kind of like kind of elaborate traps down in Pe- Pequod Caverns, I believe it's called. Um, and and the. The, the the piece de resistance is this like skeleton that drops from the ceiling and and then you know he says you you may ask two questions and they ask is it evil and he goes no and he goes is it will it help us and he goes you will need to wait and see and then uh glacia goes to touch it and it zips away and and yeah and that and then and then tom hanks winds up completely losing it at, and and like dissociating as a result of that um and, i did and like thus- Go ahead. Sorry. I was going to say, as a result, like, uh, he got a lot of experience points. He got a ton of experience points. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Although I, he doesn't actually level up uh, before the end of this. That, that does he, He's still level nine at the end. Kind of sadly. Sad. Everyone's at level nine. Pathetic. Pathetic. Yeah. Um, the uh, uh, so. We were talking right before we started about like when and how did LARPing start? And. LARPing developed kind of at the same time as something that is very relevant to this movie and to the uh, the Egbert uh, case incident, whatever you want to call it, um, which is something called vadding. And and v- vadding um, started at MIT and is named after uh, what the hell is this? What 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 the hell is the name of that? Uh, of that game, it was called like it may have just been called Adventure. Um, you mean oh, the, the Great Cavern? You're talking uh, about like the Cavern Adventure or whatever? Yes, Colossal Cave Adventure, which was originally it, yeah. called Advent. Um, and so it was, it was, it was a Unix-based game um, that got so popular among students in the like late '70s that they were consuming too much computer time, and so the system administrators kept deleting the game. And students kept putting it back on the system, uh, but they would change the name. And first they changed it to ADV. And then when it was deleted again, they put it back and changed it to VAD. Uh, and mm. and people began around the same time 
the same people who were a fan of, of the, this game, which is like exploring tunnels. And it's kind of like if you've, if you've ever played Wumpus uh, or like Hunt the Wumpus, it's kind of similar to that, I, I believe, where you kind of like explore tunnels and you have like a limited amount of it, it's kind of like a like a very early roguelike almost. Um, and they started exploring the MIT steam tunnels uh, and, and having basically proto LARPs down there and it developed at the same time as larping was becoming a thing and so vadding in steam tunnels underneath colleges and larping uh with you know like rpg rule sets kind of developed from the same group of people around the same time um and and that's where you really see this this connection of this weird association of like colleges tunnels and D D and like fantasy gaming um, and it's one um, of those weird quirks that, it, like, it's it makes sense, but it's also kind of inexplicable. Well, you're also um, you, you you mentioned Hunt the Wumpus, but uh, I do want to stress that uh, Colossal Cave Adventure or Adventure or Advent, uh, as it was originally um, coded, was a completely text based adventure. So uh, is Hunt the Wumpus? No graphic, at least the original. Oh, was it okay? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, gotcha. yeah, yeah. It's, it's. I mean it. Go ahead. Oh, I was just saying, yeah, like, like those games are all very like Zork style where it's like you are in a drafty cavern. There is a there is a tunnel to your left and a tunnel to your right. Which way do you go sort of thing? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I was going to say that that uh, Zork was actually, yeah, precisely like uh, was it Mark Liebling and and a couple of those guys Mm -hmm. decided that they're going to do the same thing, but they were going to make it different. And uh, I think that they had. Uh, they didn't find the um, the parser for adventure to be very good, and they were trying to uh, also like do a different setting and make it sort of funny, you know, with the flat the great uh, flathead uh, underground empire and the flatheads uh, as the the reigning emperors or monarchs or whatever. It just very interesting to see how one small game uh, based off of like basically uh, dude going caving like cave hiking with his. Uh, I forget if it's his daughter um, created uh, the colossal cave adventure. And you know, that opened up the door for a lot of interactive fiction as well. I mean, I would also say that, um, you know, that the D and D and just RPGs in general probably also helped uh, in, in different ways. Yeah. Um, it's, it's just one of those quirks of like stuff that was like, it's, it's so strange. Like, all of these, all of these, like old uh, nerd, old geek lore, like source texts. The thing to keep in mind is that there weren't; it, it wasn't popular. There weren't very many people involved. Like, like at a big college, you're probably talking maybe a couple dozen people that were kind of in this social circle that would have th- that that would have been the the platform for all of the things that we just described and like most mm-hmm. people didn't have access to computer games most people didn't know in the late 70s what D was most people you know weren't playing role-playing games uh, most people weren't reading fantasy books it was like a small group of people and so all the stuff that they were randomly interested in is the stuff that winds up in a Tom Hanks movie eight years later. 
<laughs> mm-hmm. Well, also like, um, and, and to your point, and, and we, had, I think we had touched upon this in the dark dungeons episode as well is the fact that all of this moral panic actually made D and D so much bigger because people started like, Oh, they, they, like you said, they had no clue that this was a thing that existed. And by making it, uh, you know, sort of like transmitting the, the ideas behind it. And then on top of that, making it like making it out to be dangerous. Mm -hmm. That's what's going to really sort of like tickle a lot of teenagers into going like, well, you know, you know what? I, I, maybe this will piss off everyone else, but I'm going to check it out. Mm -hmm. And, and it, it, it takes on a, a particular character because again, you were unlikely to ever meet anyone before the D and D panic who actually played or knew what D and D was. Um, so it's, it very much has the tenor of those news stories where it's like, have you heard of the strange new drug that kids today are doing? They, they call it egg gas or something or, you know, something <laughs> stupid like that. Yeah. See, this, this is all very tough for me. And it may just be where I came from because like, I, I was one of those kids playing it when the news stories came out. So to me, it was ubiquitous. And so when you, mm-hmm. when you say this, it doesn't feel true to me. But that's probably because I was one of the nerds. Oh no, dude! I, I, I mean, I, I was too young to, to you know, have memories pre D and D panic. I was only born in 1983. Um, but, uh, like. I, I was in that milieu basically, you know, by accident, by by quirk of of you know who my dad and my uncles were. Um, my my uncle was and is a big uh, model railroad uh, fan, and my dad was a very early you know computer adopter. Was uh, very into like electrical engineering and like amateur radio and computer games and stuff. So it, it was all stuff that I was around as long as 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 i can remember you know like i'm i'm probably one of the few people uh, born in the early 80s who who remembers you know like who who has memories of the internet that go back to you know being like four or five and getting on you know like uh, bulletin boards and stuff so like i remember stuff that i probably ought not given given my my generational groups i'm i'm right there with you it it was ubiquitous to me but and I, I've kind of had to 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 go back and be like, oh, like the fact that there were computers everywhere in my life and nerd stuff everywhere in my life at that time isn't indicative of most people's experience. It was like a very particular quirk of of the world. But this is something I think about a lot. Like, um, I sort of felt like there were all sorts of interesting nerd opportunities. But like when I look back, there were relatively few things. It was just like there was more every year. Mm-hmm. So like if if you were a nerd in 1980, that meant that you had a Rubik's Cube. That meant that you were playing Pac-Man. That meant like a series of things. Yeah, it was like one of those memes where it's like like the starter kit memes. It, it, yes. it was literally that because there were only yeah there were only a couple things that you could be into <laughs> yeah and it, it's like it's like that's why that's why it was so it was so much easier uh to stereotype a nerd 
in you know the the mid to late eighties versus now. Because like plenty of nerds now don't like Star Wars or Star Trek or Babylon Five or you know any like or you know video games. Like you can't just pick like the one thing that all nerds like and make fun of them. Uh, well, I mean, you can. You'll probably still hurt their feelings because they're nerds, and you'll probably right. make them mad by <laughs> by stereotyping them the wrong way. Uh, but but like if you made fun of Star Trek, you know, it, it, you 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 probably did like Star Trek. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> there wasn't Got much him. else. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, but but uh, only I can make fun of Star Trek because I understand it. That's okay? right. That's right. Yep. Um, it's so a yeah, Pequod's Cavern. Pequod's Cavern. Pequod's Cavern. <laughs> so I mean, um, it, it, that's where honestly, that's where like the the movie just sort of flounders a little bit and uh, the part that that was hilarious to me is um the introduction of i guess uh if we were to uh to sort of uh, uh, uh place a real world uh, uh analogy it would probably be the the investigator who was hired to go find find where james dallas egbert the third went off to right uh, i just and realized something. william deer sorry go ahead but Pequod, did, did you make that connection? Yeah, the the ship from Moby Dick and right. the town and it's a Family Guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, specific, I think that's Quahog. It, but it's Quahog, yes. Okay, it's Quahog, but, I'm sorry, yes. But the Moby Dick thing and sort of the idea of this uh, this doomed psychological pursuit. Hmm. Fair enough. Well, you know, uh, maybe that was uh, one of uh, Jaffe's few um, <laughs> few flourishes that actually uh, is a good symbolism. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I've been thinking about this. I think this would be a better movie if Al Jaffe had had written it. <laughs> <laughs> well, you could just fold it in half and you get a different movie. <laughs> that was good. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that. Um, actually, not not in half. It would have to be in three parts. Sorry. Um but yeah, so so uh, suddenly we have the uh, the police officer <laughs> who is you know he's really hep to these uh, to these uh, new games. They're far out, you know, <laughs> and and so I can't help but think that this is actually supposed to be like uh, like William Deere who was sent to investigate where um, James Dallas Egbert the third went off to, uh, and and. To, in a certain sense, he uh, he is um, a lesser villain in that saga because he he is a, a self promoter, but um, he wasn't really the reason that the D and that D and D became the big thing because he sort of like I guess he made some off the cuff or un uh, or careless remarks to some media people and they just you know just ran with it because. Uh, let's not forget, uh, I'd mentioned it in, in our previous, uh, Dark Dungeons episode, but, um, uh, you know, in 1980, I think it's 1982, uh, it, it, uh, Patricia Pulling gets, uh, pulled on to 60 Minutes, also a CBS joint, uh, to talk about, you know, the, the, the problems with Dungeons and Dragons and, you know, why she's setting up, uh, that type of thing. Uh, it's well, just it, it's really wild. Anyway, go ahead. Well, I was just say one of the funniest things is that um yeah, so so William Deere did like a bad job kind of managing the 
the media response to the case that he definitely did kind of fixate on D&D initially. Um, but then he released a book that was supposed to dispel the myths, but he still mm-hmm. named it The Dungeon Master. So, <laughs> yes. like, even though the book was about how actually D&D had nothing to do with it, uh, he still called it The Dungeon Master. <laughs> so it's yeah. it's kind of like saying, you know, uh, actually, uh, the the, you know, the famed serial killer, you know, Robert Jarvis Roberts II uh, didn't actually kill people with a nail gun. And you named the book The Nail Gun Killer. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, you know, yeah. th- that policeman, uh, I kind of felt like they were trying to make him Columbo, too. Like that Oh, was totally. Yes. Yeah. He's totally got like the trench coat, dude. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um <laughs> Carlo, I do kind of feel like you're you you downplayed a little bit how funny the uh, the the like t- Tom Hanks like dissociating is because <laughs> like people people are really strenuously ignoring him wandering around being like I'm a holy man now you know I need to purify my body and he's he's having these these like the, these kind of like like incel dreams of of oh okay okay. So he starts having these dreams where um, after he imagines himself killing, slaying the Goreville, he's visited by an apparition in his dreams, which is a man in a hood uh, standing in a long metal tube. Uh, it's an effective, <laughs> you know, visual effect, but it yeah, is it, very it's, visibly it's a, it's a man in a metal tube. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, um, it, I, I think to, to your point, it is very effective. I mean, it yeah. does what it needs to do. Uh, and it's, it, you know, within budget. And I, I, you, yeah. know, you, you get it. But it is really funny. <laughs> it's just, yep, this is and, a guy in a tube. And he says, you, you, have, you have transcended to the next level of being. You must now keep. You know the the holy man travels alone. You shall you you must not have sex anymore. You can't. Uh, you need to purify your mind and body and live a pure and and holy life. Uh, if you are to join the great hall, you must ascend the two. You know you must find the two towers and there join the great hall. And, and, and of course, little, little did we know that he was worshiping Volcellius. Yes, exactly. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> And, and nice. The thing is, obviously, the Great Hall is a callback to his brother, Hall Junior. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, who ran away from home and disappeared. Um, and and so it's setting up this ominous thing of like, you know, you too must run away and disappear. Uh, but but remember that this is a work of fiction. They selected the name Hall and then named and then worked that into the Great Hall. They could have named Hall anything. And so it's very strange that they pick a, a, a name that's A, as awkward as Hall, to set up a, a fantasy name that is equally awkward, like the Great Hall. <laughs> like, why wouldn't you, I don't know, you know, why wouldn't he be named, you know, George, and, you know, you need to go join Lord Gorgorius or something like that, right? Like it, it could have been anything, and it doesn't. His it, brother's name could have been Valhalla, Valhalla, exactly. <laughs> or Val, or just Val. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. he's got to go to Valhalla. Exactly. It could, <laughs> well, it could have been anything. It's such a weird, like I don't know. It's such a weird, like screenwriter. Like we screw, we screwed up in the first draft, and we're not going to fix it in the second draft. In fact, we're going to make it worse. 
One thing about this that I thought was extremely funny is that like the 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 other mystery piece was the two towers. Yes. And there is nobody who watches that today who doesn't immediately go, "What about the World Trade Center?" Yeah. Whereas it <laughs> might have been more clever in 1982, but like it's 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 a cultural landmark that is a little taller on our minds than it was. Yes. Although I mean it, it definitely was still a big deal, but I like that, and I like that uh, Daniel, the D&D Chad, is like, oh, well, that's a reference to Tolkien. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, so, D&D so, Chad. B- by the way, did either one of you notice that they solved the puzzle before Tom Hanks's character even knows yes. the answer to it? And yes. you're like, what the fuck kind of shit is this? <laughs> You got this ball backwards, my my friends. Yeah. I, I weird, wonder if that was the thing. cut of the film. Mm, yeah, that's that's true. It could be that. Um, okay. Speaking of confusing cuts, so this 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 eluded me, and part of it was because my mind started drifting. What did Tom Hanks ever actually go back down into the tunnels? Everyone else does to look for him, but I, he doesn't actually seem to be down there. Or was he at some point, and they just missed him? I th- so uh, the way I understood that was that he had gone there, but the trail had already gone cold by the gotcha. time they showed up. Um, but I don't know that that's true because you never see his character wandering alone through the steam tunnels beforehand. So it's like they could have like just given us a thirty second shot of him like wandering around, and then you know later on you cut and he's in a different locale and you're like, Oh, he moved on. Okay. Got it. Okay. Cynical take. You guys have already thought about that question more than the director. (laughs) It's possible. It's very possible. Uh, I mean, uh, so (laughs) do do we want to get straight to the, (laughs) the twin tower, the top of the twin towers scene? Well, 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 we should, we should briefly say Tom Hanks, uh, as gosh, what's his character's name? uh pardue pardue Par- pardue thank you yes it's like wandering around new york having <laughs> having having adventures like like uh i don't know like schizophrenic mr magoo well i mean adventures. he's 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 sort of like the the moral panic version of the fisher king right yes he's, yes. he's robin oh he's, yes he's robin williams character except that he's not uh taking it all in stride he's all always very afraid in that I mean, I think we we mentioned it. We we nailed it earlier. He's 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 H.P. Lovecraft in in a uh, in a men's uh, what is it men's only uh, jacket or whatever. <laughs> yes, yes, a, mem- a members only jacket. Members is, only is is the term you're looking for, and clearly it's a member of the D and D party. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah. So so like some some street toughs with who <laughs> look like who look like they're the Jets from, from fucking West Side Story. <laughs> The the minute they showed up, uh, Sil- Silvio from The Sopranos popped into my head. It's like anti Italian discrimination. It's so I tell it's so ya. funny how um so so like the the image of the I, I just want to say as a real quick digression the image of street toughs evolution throughout the seventies and eighties from from one that is kind of like it it has its roots in like nineteen fifties like greaser gangs into one that's like explicitly racialized into like punks mm-hmm. into being like racialized again is very strange. Cause like, like depending upon the year and who's making the film, uh, 
you know, street street toughs in one of the in a film like this could have been, you know, g- guys with the like like it could have been like black teenagers with a huge boombox who are breakdancing and have switchblades. It could have been like uh, like uh like a Star Trek uh style um, you know, p- punk rockers with giant you know liberty spikes and a boombox. It could be you know, anti-Italian discrimination, greaser street toughs, you know, with a boombox. Yeah. With a boombox. It could be anything. It could also be like weird Mad Max style ones, depending <laughs> depending on what, what you're watching. Um, It's just, it's so strange that, that, that these are like greaser ones and, and they try to steal uh, uh Pardo's bag of spells. And so he, he fights back with his knife. And and stabs one of them, and then has a terrified phone call with his girlfriend. He's like, "I don't know where, I don't know what's going on." Yeah, because I think he comes I out of del- somebody. He he comes out of the uh, delusion after he notices the blood on his hands. Uh, uh, also, uh, pro tip, folks: uh, if if you're going to go walking around tough neighborhoods, do not loop your dice bag into your belt loop, please. It just invites the wrong kind of attention. <laughs> Yeah, well, okay. there's a dice shortage on the streets, man. Yes, <laughs> they're they're selling cut dice. These are these are, these are D6s that, that have been doped up to look like D20s. <laughs> hot, hot shot uh, dice. Yeah. Okay, you gotta now, watch out with those. Now okay, we can I'll, talk about the World Trade <laughs> I I do want to say, guys, that I I've got to confess. In the last couple of minutes, I've been drifting, and you want to know why? I do Should not we? care about this movie. <laughs> I was gonna say, clearly you failed your wisdom check. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. You, you, you have not. You have not kept yourself pure, Pete. Yeah. Uh, or arguably, I passed it. You passed your wisdom <laughs> check. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you <laughs> failed. You, you, you failed your wisdom save, uh, and so watched the movie. But you oh, have God, passed yes. your. You have passed your int save, and so are no longer paying attention to it. So yeah, let, let's let's get to the. <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> Honestly, it's the best scene <laughs> where they meet. They meet him. Uh, they meet up with him, and uh, he's on the top of the, the the twin towers. He's about to climb over like the railing, and they they stop him. And then um, I guess uh, because uh, JJ, it's JJ, or is it uh, Daniel who's still the maze controller? No, it's JJ. In it's this JJ. Case. Yeah, it's JJ. And he's like, "Oh, you don't. I'm going to cast a fly spell," says Tom Hanks's character. And JJ says, "You don't have the magic points for yes. it." <laughs> That's what. It's like he by your logic him him out of his delusion. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I can't believe I'm I'm talking about this movie. It is so bad. Uh, I, 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 again, the. They're actually on top of the World Trade Center, which had an incredible view, like a truly breathtaking view. And they managed to make it look like shit. Like like they may as well have been in like a weird little soundstage. It's so like, like you you can just barely see the Empire State Building in the background. Um, it, it and just like the way like that it's framed is so weird. It well, looks like they're in an open air like uh, uh, like a. a like a boiler room or something, yes. you know, yeah. because it, it, instead of like taking a wide shot, first off, they have the other building in the background that then blocks the view. 
uh, you know, they could have moved it slightly, I suppose. I don't know. Yeah, it's they're, weird. Okay. Man. They're doing well, they're doing close-ups while you're on top of one of like one of the tallest buildings in the world at the time. <laughs> yes. Well, while I personally would never dream of second guessing the great director Stephen Hilliard Stern, uh, what I would do if I were him is when you're doing it from the perspective of the sane people do the crappy boxy shots they're doing now. But when you flip to Tom, take advantage of the view and make him see something epic. There you happening. Go. That would be mm-hmm. cool. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, and, and, and then the last, so, so uh, folks, uh, mazes and monsters, very dangerous, very, very dangerous. Uh, you very dangerous. once, once you do it, you can't go back. It's, it's, it's terminal. Because uh, you know, by the time the movie ends, they go to visit Robbie, who's uh, basically been he he can't go to school because he's got to go see his doctor. Uh, I mean, there's there's a lot of um, uh, really questionable writing regarding <laughs> mental illness in the eighties. Uh, you know, even even for the eighties, I should say. Uh, uh, but but the one that really cinched for me was like, oh, he he's he he's seeing that doctor, so he had to drop out of school. And you're like, wait. What? Huh? And when when you finally go see him, he's apparently at his parents' house and he's completely still uh, pardieu. He's completely gone to the other side. He's no longer uh, Robbie. He's (laughs) there is no Robbie. There's only pardieu. (laughs) Yes. So I, I genuinely thought that this ending was weirdly touching. Uh, considering how fucking bad the movie was, it almost like it it was a genuinely weirdly like emotionally touching ending where it's like we'll have one more adventure with him, you know, mm-hmm. even though like you know you know it, it was like an adventure about like the death of hope they said because it's like well they they know that he's you know they'll never get Robbie back you know he'll he'll never <laughs> leave and it's got the it's actually got like really nice like writing where he's talking about like, you know, over there there's, you know, can't, can't you see the magic forest and, and, you know, there's, there's well-marked paths throughout it. And, you know, in, in the, in the evenings, I have seen the water sprites dancing or dancing on the lake. And I was like, mm-hmm. what, what happened? The screenwriter like suddenly was like, Oh, wait, what? I'm awake. I'm awake. Uh, 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 all right. Some good stuff. All right. Some good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely right. I think the issue is that it's a, it's a, uh, it it has touching writing and there's a good, I think that there's good performances from the, the, the other friends, like the, the shots that they get of them do actually feel very effective. You know, you get the, the feeling that they've been, you know, they're, they're sort of let down that this, yeah, you know, Robbie is no longer there. You know, mm-hmm. the, the friend that they came to really want to see is no longer there. They, they're only speaking to Pardieu, who is, you know, somebody that, never existed before then um so you know yes but in in the service of a truly <laughs> heinous sort of <laughs> uh uh outcome in the movie because it's like oh so you like this is if if this is a moral panic uh story this is possibly the worst ending ever or, or it's the best ending for a moral panic mm-hmm. it is a an ending that is just to completely toxic to the idea of uh, any type of um, sort of even slight escapism. Uh, it, it's all framed as sort of like, well, you only want to escape because 
you know, you're flawed and you're, you've got like a bad background, you know? That type yeah. Of thing. It, like my takeaway from this is not, is not that uh, Dungeons and Dragons is dangerous. It's that uh, undiagnosed and untreated schizophrenia is, is dangerous. Well, that, that is, yes, that should be the message for sure. Um, so, and that, that was actually the message for, uh, James Dallas Egbert, the third, that, that is a name I do not get tired of saying because it is an amazing name, but, uh, apparently, yeah, that he, like, I think, uh, by the time this came out, he had, um, he, he did, um, Egbert had actually gone into the steam tunnels uh, after a suicidal um, uh, attempt, and then he sort of got over it. He, he got a little better, and by I think by the time this came out, or later on this same year, he tried again, and this time he he actually succeeded. Um, and I don't know whether uh, you know, but but that then again, that's how the the story ends for for him but it has nothing to do with D&D it has everything to do with you just what you just said Kurt you know uh essentially undiagnosed mental illness can cause you it, it cause your death yes okay so my final take on this movie is that we should have covered uh Steven Stern's other interesting movie which was Murder in Space from 1985 where <laughs> They showed 90% of the movie and held back the last 10%, and it was a contest. People had to predict who the murderer was and how he killed the last people, and the winner would get $60,000. That rocks. Hmm. Instead, we did this. <laughs> well, sorry, Pete. Sorry to disappoint <laughs> you. I'm done bitching. It's okay. It's nobody's fault. <laughs> I, uh, th this movie was bad. Uh, it was not mostly, it was mostly not entertaining. You could make a super cut of this. That was about 15 minutes long. That, that would actually be entertaining. Um, there were a few spots that I was amused by and the ending, I was a little bit weirdly touched by, but yeah, it's, it's not a good movie and it's not really interesting. Nope. Um, <laughs> it's not, it is, not it is however, it is, however, on YouTube for free. If you too want to subject yourself what? to this film. <laughs> Oh, dude, dude did I you pay for this? Rented it. Oh no! What? No, that's the real Pete. danger. That's the real oh, danger. Man. Oh my Pete. god, no! I bought it. It was a dollar more, and I bought it. You're Pete, like, well, I'm, I clearly I'm I, gonna want to. I'm gonna want to revisit this. <laughs> <laughs> that's no my wonder. new go-to date movie, folks. No, no wonder you were you were more pissed than I was. You paid for this. Oh my Pete, god! <laughs> I pinned it. I pinned it in our chat. Come on, man. Uh, fuck. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> I think that might be a good place to leave it, guys. That's, wait, that's wait. Just, I've got to say go one ahead. thing. Uh, looking at the calendar, I'm I'm going to send a message to our future. Uh, this Saturday, July 16th, in just four days, is uh, Knife Fest in Philadelphia. It is a free event celebrating the second uh, anniversary of Blood Knife Magazine. Uh, you are uh, you are cordially invited to attend. We will be there. We will be having a good time. The synthwave band Swimwear is playing. Uh, there is probably one, I, I think the, uh, 
I think the next Claw of the Conciliator episode comes out between now and then, but that's probably a uh, subscriber-only one. I don't know if this one is a subscriber-only one or not, but you should come. It's going to be great. It's just a couple days away. Get to Philadelphia, you fool. We are not making people pay to listen to this. <laughs> no, no. This is this is a free one. <laughs> this is a free one. You, you, Everyone is free to listen to this one and the pain. <laughs> You're welcome, folks. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, gents, thanks for for humoring me and watching this immensely <laughs> not good movie. <laughs> Freelick, you've come back to life. <laughs> oh my what is god! It? What is it that uh, that that the investigator says? Uh, oh, uh, mazes and monsters is pretty far out. Yes. It's a far out game. All right, and with that, gents, I'm gonna uh, go far out myself and say goodbye to y'all. And to everyone listening, thanks again. We'll catch you next time here on Podside.